And there came a day, a day unlike... Wait, no, that's been done. Hmm. Who knows what evil lurks and... No, that is that other thing. What has yellow skin and rights? Ah, forget it. You're listening to Panelology. Excelsior, oh, damn it. Episode 147 of Panelology. I'm Alex. I'm Brian. And I'm Tim. Welcome back, Tim. Hey, guys. What's up? Oh, oh you know, comics. Yeah. yeah, good times. I am Harry Pottering it today. I am recording from the cabinet beneath the stairs. <laughs> The cupboard beneath the stairs. I already told you, Alex, it only counts if you get locked in. <laughs> yeah, well, am I locked in here with the podcast, or is the podcast locked in here with me? Uh, Alex is the people under the stairs. Does it really matter? <laughs> All that matters is that they are building houses behind my house, and apparently are working on a Saturday morning. That's... Because the hammering started at 7.30. There you go. Yeah, I'm sure everyone appreciates that as much as I do. <laughs> How are you guys? Well, not too bad. It's been a pretty decent week. Yeah, I got to play in a new D&D game last night. Oh, yeah, that's did. news to both of us. <laughs> so, it was fun, though. It was good times. Ah, we do enjoy it. You know what else we enjoy? Comic books. Yes, and talking into microphones about comic books. We do enjoy that. <laughs> so let us begin that process with <laughs> the the Batman Who Laughs, number three. Tim, did you read this one? I did read this one. There was no way I was not going to read this one. I was going to say, you're a big Batman Who Laughs fan, right? Yeah. So um, Batman has a fail-safe plan to protect the city. The Batman Who Laughs also has a plan to get around it. And Batman needs Jim Gordon's son to figure out a plan. Uh, there's also a little interesting bit where the Batman who laughs goes sees the penguin and talks to him about other realities and how things play out between the Batman and Penguin. Yeah, I thought that was fun. Yeah, yes. I thought so too. It was neat. Um, but yeah, it was interesting the the way that plans are unfolding in this book uh, and 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 the way that each one of them is going about it. And neat. let's not forget the Grim Knight, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and this issue gives us. Not that it's exactly been been uh, coded in other issues, but this gives us the clearest version of this idea that Batman not only is making himself be unhappy by being Batman with the rules he has, but that he could be more effective if he were as as the Batman who left sees it more hedonistic, more willing to just enjoy himself and not be limited. And we get as a counterpoint to that James Jr. who was that and is now not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it also, also it also makes me think of the whole kind of callback to, you know, could he have been Batman if he had married Selina and been happy, right? Yeah. The uh, the conversation between the Grim Knight and Bruce Wayne about uh, that very similar, just his effectiveness is great. He's like, yeah, all these problems you have on this world, I don't have them on my world. Yeah, that was kind of uh, the... They're really driving home that point of, like, Batman has kind of allowed these problems to exist mm-hmm. in his world, right? Yep. Yeah. Well, and very clearly, and we're going to have to call spoilers in a moment, Yeah. Uh, very clearly all of this is building to a specific point that is the turning point for this six-issue miniseries. Yeah. yeah. Anything to add before we call spoilers? 
Uh, Alfred is still the best. Alfred is still the best. Yeah. yeah. Uh, spoilers. Bruce double Prime. The, I was huh? going to say double the pleasure, double the fun. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce Prime decides to give in to the Joker toxin in him and begin to become a Batman who laughs. Yeah. So uh, he's got the fun, spiky uh, Jordy yeah. LaForge visor yeah. going on at the end. <laughs> he's going the echolocation route. Yes. That's right. From now on, he only communicates in high frequency chirps. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, that was sort of, you know, that last page sort of got me because, you know, you could see him slowly descending, but to just, you know, full on put the spike mask on. Well, to embrace it, even. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, and that's just it. It's not, you know, he's kind of been, he's been fighting it, fighting it like Batman always does. It's so rare to see him give in to something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. That it's, it's a bit shocking. Any, uh, any thoughts on what comes next now that we've seen him give in and we have a, a Joker still running around with a big old hole in his chest? Craziness. Craziness um, is going to come. Craziness is going to come. I think, I, I, so I don't know exactly how they get kind of out of this. Um, obviously, you know, Scott Schneider's got a plan, I'm sure. But what I think would be incredibly interesting kind of as a residual coming out of this is if kind of now that he's given in and become, you know, the Batman who laughs kind of, if he is actually effective and maybe like stops the Grim Knight or, you know, is able to stop this plan or is basically successful mm-hmm. as this. And then, you know, recovers and goes back to his old self at the end of this, but has that lingering, well, shit, when I gave into it, I was, a, they were right, I was more effective. I could yeah. do this. Yeah. I have to imagine that path back also comes from the same, basically, miracle drug that James Jr.'s on. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I did, yeah. All right. Anything else on this before we move on? Uh, no. I'm. It's a. It's an interesting story. All right. Let's talk about the Flash number sixty four, continuing from last week's Batman. Ooh, talk about an interesting story. Yeah. 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 So this is part two of the price. Um, we get a lot more Gotham Girl and kind of her story in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they draw some very interesting parallels between her and uh, Wally West. Yeah. Um, but I think for me at least, the most interesting part of this issue was the back and forth internal monologues of Batman and Flash and how tension-filled and problematic their relationship is right now with Sanctuary, but what they both do to deal with that or react to the other person or... Yeah. Even just ignore it so they can get the job done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think to me that is, I agree with that, although there's a specific beat in that that is my favorite part of it, which is when Barry does call out Bruce with the question, who made her uniform? Where did this come from? Mm -hmm. Why don't you know the answers to all of these questions? Yeah, he goes through the whole bit about how he helped Wally and sort of supported him, whereas Batman chose the other route with with Gotham Girl to try and stop her directly. Well, and, and how ineffective that is with just about everybody he's tried to stop from becoming a superhero. Well, and it's such like a, a given that a superhero will have a costume that yeah. we as the readers would never stop to ask the question, where did the costume come from? Yeah. Even though, like, a lot of the times that is part of the story, right? Like, we know that Peter makes his own costume. We know that Tony Stark's whole thing is building costumes. We know, we yeah. know a lot about a lot of especially classic characters' costumes and where they 
they came from. But we do take it as a given now, and so too did Batman. And I thought that was a really deft touch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I do like the, the slight distinction they make between each other about Barry being the better investigator, but yeah. Bruce being the better detective. Yeah. Right? And that there is a, a very subtle but slight difference, but the, important uh, difference there. The, yeah. the part where they're talking about the differences and then they both, you know, in their internal ones, they both land on he's trying right at yeah. the same time. Yeah. 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 It um, reminded me a lot of the, uh, the issues of Batman with Batman and Superman kind of doing their own parallel monologues. Like it feels akin to that. Yes. Agreed. Um, and then we get the, the realization that Barry has of to ask the question and never gets an answer in this issue of Bruce, did you send Gotham girl to sanctuary? Yeah. Yeah. But like I said, we don't get an answer to that question in this issue. And I think that's going to be fairly crucial. The fact that Batman didn't answer it says a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll be honest though. Like, I don't know which answer is worse in context. Exactly. Like, I was reading it, and I'm like, well, if he sent her, then yeah, she could be a suspect. But if he didn't send her, then, well, yeah, she could be a suspect. (laughs) Like, Batman's not answering is a very Batman move, because at the end of the day, it isn't necessarily relevant, but it's a good thing to know one way or the other, too. Right. Well, and it also raises the question of, like, if you were trying to help her, why didn't you send her to Sanctuary? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, why did you leave her locked in Arkham with a bunch of lunatics to manipulate her. Hmm, yeah. Well, we w- we made the right call about the uh, venom, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm I'm very much, very very much am enjoying this. I, I love these these Batman Flash crossovers. I do too. Yeah. I'm ready for more Justice League Dark number eight. The uh, other kind aren't just coming; they are most definitely here. <laughs> They are. So, uh, a couple things about this. I absolutely loved that they didn't just kind of leave that as a completely one-off throwaway issue with Man Bat from mm-hmm. the last one. That they acknowledged it and kind of p- he picked up on that and about the, you know, my friends were worried about me telling these stories, so they took away my typewriter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Um, and maybe but, they had a point. And maybe they did. Absolutely. Um, but, so, we've got kind of three different groups here. We've got Man Bat trying trying to perform this mystical ritual, which he doesn't know anything about magic. He knows about science, but he, you know, is doing some comparisons between the two and trying to cast the spell specifically to pull someone out of the urn that he found mm-hmm. in, uh, in the tower. Um, we have Wonder Woman and Zatanna um, trying to investigate uh, and find out uh, basically what they're really doing is search- searching for um, Modru. Modru. Yeah, and um, they basically are following leads. They they go to uh, find Felix Faust, and then they go to f- try to find Papa Midnight, uh, and that leads to some things. And then we have the third place, which is uh, the bar. Uh, is it the Oblivion Bar? Yeah, the Oblivion yeah. Bar where literally all of the other magical people that they can find and round up, they have brought into the bar and are there trying to figure out what to do next to keep them all safe from the other kind. Yeah. And surprise, surprise, guess who shows up? <laughs> the Upside Down Man. 
Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I always love like my favorite thing about this book is just how like you've got your core team, but every issue they're bringing in other magic characters. They're bringing in, in this case, the demon gets a few pages, and yep. uh, that's right. Or am I thinking of Detective Comics? The demon's in this one too, right? Yeah, he's in this one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you get a little more Swamp Thing. You get uh, Papa Midnight. You already mentioned. Like you get a good like revolving extended cast in this and i really love when especially justice league books and avengers books the team books do that and make it feel more like we're gonna use the pieces we need to fit the story and not try to fit the story back to this specific roster it just feels a little fuller and a little less engineered that way I have no idea if you remember this, uh, Alex, but uh, the person that Man Bat pulls out of the vase is uh, Khalid Nasur. Yes. Who, I'm trying to remember, I know Kent Nelson was the kind of, he was the original Dr. Fate in, you know, Silver Age, et cetera, et yes. cetera. There was a time when his wife, Enza, was Dr. Fate, and they kind of both were for a while. Mm-hmm. Wasn't Khalid Dr. Fate for a while? Yes, he was. Okay. Uh, around late 2014, early 20. 20- 15 i forget exactly when the announcements were versus the books uh dc for about the last i guess it was probably 2015 for about the last year of what we tend to refer to as the new 52 Mm -hmm. they did this dc new you thing okay where they brought in a bunch of redesigns of characters and younger characters and uh this dr fate was one of those he was one of those ongoings i think he had like a 10 maybe 12 issue run um there right before rebirth happened okay okay yeah. um so he is fam- but the point is he's familiar with the helm of naboo and yes who naboo is and all that so yeah and he has uh, been to naboo met the gungans <laughs> Uh, he is freaked out and wants to warn everyone that, yeah, although the other kind are a huge problem, they're not the root cause of this whole thing. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I don't necessarily want to say exactly how this one ends, but Bobo has himself in a sticky wicket. Doesn't he, though? Like, he's, he keeps landing himself there. He's done that for a while now. Yeah. I really need to get caught up on this. You do. This book is so good. Like, is there a trade out for this? What what issue was this? This is eight. This is eight. I think there is a trade out for the first. Okay, I looked this up at the comic shop a couple of weeks back. There's two trades out. out, kind of. There's a trade out for Justice League Dark that is mm. one through three and like five six or six or and seven. Yeah, one th- yeah. one through three, six and seven. And then there's a separate trade, and I don't know if it's out yet or if it comes out this coming week, maybe. It, it's it, it's somewhere right around. If it was not yeah. last week, then it's this week if or something. Yeah. yeah, if it's not out now, it's out soon. That is the Witching Hour event. I remember. It, yeah, issues. y'all talking about yeah. that, that that would ha- make for an interesting trade route. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that trade has issues four and five of this, the two issues of Wonder Woman, and the, like, Alpha and Omega style issues okay. that, that form that arc. So yes. you almost have to, like, get the one trade, read three issues of it, set it down, read the other <laughs> trade, and go back. Yeah. Yep, that's how you do it. Uh, I love this book, and yes, Tim, you should absolutely get caught up. I, I, yeah, when we get to the next issue and uh, and you know what happens at the end here isn't spoilery. Um, I I got some more questions, and I want to talk to you about it out here. Do you do you want to go ahead and ask? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't hold up because of me. Do we want to spoil? We can. 
can. Okay. I wasn't going to, but we can if you've got questions. Let's do it. I, I do. Okay, so uh, the at the end, uh, they take all, because the other kind show up at the Oblivion Bar, they take everybody into uh, the land of Merkul. What is it? Merkul? Or, I can't uh, remember. Uh, it's the Mira. land. Mira. That's it. Um, that Bobo inherited, but Blue Devil is running. Yes. Uh, is, is, uh, and when they get there, they find uh, the five Lords of Order, um, uh, who I do not, I am not familiar with the Lords of Order other than Naboo. Um, I'm not either, and that may, I don't know if they've shown up before. Like, I couldn't even tell you that. Well, here's my question is at one point, and this was probably at the end of the 80s, at one point we found out that Amethyst was a lord of, was actually a lord of order or an agent of order or something along those lines. Like, I think, I think they actually named her a lord of order. And it makes me wonder then why isn't she part of this? Uh, well, I mean, it could be that that's been forgotten. <laughs> we have rebooted a couple of times since then. Okay. Um, I don't know if that was before Crisis on Infinite Earths, but it was definitely before New 52. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. So it could just be, you know, lost to reboots. It could be something to do with her current status quo in Young Justice. Um, I did not read the Amethyst series that ran in, like, 2013 or so. Oh, I so. did not realize there was one in 2013. There there was, it was, I think it was its own ongoing. It might have been like a backup in something that got collected, but I'm pretty sure it was its own ongoing. Um, Adam might have read it, actually. But I may have to find out about that. Yeah. Um, I could not tell you what happened in it. And, and my point is, Amethyst seems to be one of those characters that's always, they don't want to dismiss her, but they never know exactly what to do with her or how to keep her in continuity. No, that definitely tracks. I'm, yeah. I don't, I'm hopeful that the Bendis Young Justice stuff We'll figure that out because she seems like she's got a lot of potential there. But I feel like this happens with a lot of the sword and sorcery corners of DC stuff. That Very it's like much so. Writers who like it use it, and then it goes back in the toy box, but nothing ever really happens, happens yeah. with it. It just kind of always reverts to that same. Well, it's a civil war, good versus evil. Yeah, status quo. That's very, very fair. Yes. Yeah. It, I'll be honest. It's. Uh, I think magic in the DC universe was that way too. It's one of the things that I really really enjoy about this series because yeah. it seems to be changing that a lot well you know with the new 52 they brought in all the vertigo stuff to continuity right and they a lot of the dark books around then actually were very good uh, all the magic stuff they just referred to as the dark office uh, editorially mm -hmm. but it it always felt like its own separate corner even then it never felt like super integrated into everything else so I hope you're right on that too but like yeah they never ever since they folded in all of the Vertigo stuff, it does seem like that's just sort of been left unfocused in a way. Right. I don't know. I, I, like I said, those books on their own were good, but like as part of the universe as a whole, they, they never really held a lot of consequence. Yes. Uh, right. I can't say, can't say that now. <laughs> no, no, you cannot. All right. Let's torture Tim. Do you want to torture Tim? I want to torture Tim. Torturing Tim is fun. Uh, we're going to talk about the Wonder Twins, which Tim did not realize was coming out this week. <laughs> <Dad>. <laughs> <laughs> 
really, really mad at myself for missing this one, and I'm going to go today to get it. We, you know what, you know what, you, you know what you missed him. What? You found out Bruce Wayne's high school nickname. Did you really in this book? Yes. Yep. Yes, you did. Or maybe I guess it was uh, no, it was high school, definitely yeah, high school. It was high yeah. school. <laughs> is is that a is that a spoiler, or can we share that? Uh, well, I, I tell you what, we'll do it this way. I'll tell you what the name is, but I won't tell you how he got it. Okay. His nickname was BG. 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 Okay. Yes. Now I'm definitely going to go today to get it. I got to read this. <laughs> All right. So we get our introduction to the Wonder Twins who are trying to attend high school like normal high schoolers and are very successful at being normal high schoolers. Especially. Really? No. <laughs> really? No. No. Not a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I like uh, w- uh, trying to fit in. I like Zan's uh, uh, ability to uh, to contribute to the hockey team. <laughs> he's yep. the uh, he's the ice for the hockey team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just see this ice rink with his big face all over it. <laughs> Uh, Mark Russell has uh, has outdone himself with this one, I think. Did Did you read the posters in the background in the high school? Uh, some of them, yes. Yeah, they were very good. Uh, make sure, Tim, as you go through, and listeners at home, as you go through, that you check out the posters in the background, because they are quite funny in many cases. You mean like the one that says circus featuring sad elephants? Exactly. <laughs> that one was my favorite. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, um, we learn that the reason they are on Earth is because their dad was friends with Superman, and something happened on their home planet to make them social outcasts, so Superman's like, I'll take him to Earth and enroll him in school, and now they're interns at the Hall of Justice. Uh, sounds so good. And and Batman is uh, is put out that, that they're there, and Superman didn't consult them about it. I did the right thing, and figured I'd just tell you once it was done. It's what Batman would do. <laughs> So I I kind of figured that this would be sort of a separate thing. Uh, it's like I guess it does take take place in context with the rest of the superheroes. From what you're saying, I I kind of thought it would be sort of an outside thing, sort of like Snagglepuss was. This it, is kind of I mean it's part of that Wonder Comics imprint, which is all mm-hmm. in continuity, but also sort of its own curated corner. Gotcha. It's kind um, of like what happens in between and underneath the Justice League stuff. Yeah, like this issue very much at least is the Justice League is there and they're kind of like background supporting characters to the wonder twins gotcha um like they're they're comic relief essentially (laughs) um they are dealing with an incursion by mr mix spitlick while while the wonder twins are trying to get their bearings and jaina's constantly frustrated that no one will ever tell them what's going on and they just keep getting thrown to the wolves like their tour of the hollow justice is interrupted when mix spitlick attacks uh and we get, oh, go ahead. I'll, I'll so he causes all kinds of like fifth dimensional lightning, which exacerbates a problem for for Zan. Yes, and he gets the thunder lusts, <laughs> which is so wonderfully explained at the beginning of yeah. the thing during uh during like it's like cultural day where like you get to explain about your the culture that you came from, and so Zan gives us this explanation about uh, Exor and and what thunder lust is on Exor. <laughs> Which is exactly what you would think it is. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And uh, tell you what, it doesn't make things awkward when you're a high school kid and you get the thunderlust. <laughs> and now that's your new nickname. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, I, I do love the acknowledgement, though, that, that they have the moment where it's Wonder Twin Powers activate, and Jen immediately goes, wow, that sounds terrible when you say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, it's it is very very tongue in cheek. Yeah. Um, I, it 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 fits all, like all the tones. It I I can see how it kind of like I said fits between the scenes and continuity. Yeah. Uh, where it is totally like a Zan and Jaina old super friends kind of thing, and where it's Mark Russell and all of those blend together quite wonderfully. Yeah, I agree. That's awesome. I also love its new character, Supercomputer. Supercomputer. <laughs> Oh, that's adorable that you call me that. Nobody's called me that for years. And it's literally this, like, super, super pixelated face. Yeah. It's very good. Yes. Read it, Tim. I'm disappointed in yeah. it. No, I know. I don't know how I missed it. <laughs> Tell me, Tim, about yes. Army of Darkness versus Bubba Hotep, number one. Oh, God. Okay, have either one of you seen Bubba Hotep? No. no. Oh, yeah, it's shocking. Alex hasn't seen a movie. Um, okay, so do you know the hey, concept of Bubba Hotep? Ask the other one. Ask the other one. Have you seen Army of Darkness? No. <laughs> Um, you know the, do you know the concept behind Bubba Hotep? No. Elvis okay, fighting so, evil undead pharaohs? Yes, it's a, it's okay. a, uh, 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 Bruce Campbell plays somebody in an old folks home who, uh, believes he's Elvis and you, it never really pays <laughs> off whether or not he actually is Elvis or not, but, um, it, uh. How it, have I not seen this? And he ends up fighting a mummy in Texas and it's, I know it's wonderful. It's just a wonderful movie. I, oh, Bruce Campbell is so great. Oh yeah. But this is what happens when two of his best properties meet and it ends up being a pretty fun comic book um ash from army of darkness goes to texas because he hears about the events of bubba hotep so he goes to find elvis and they have a great meeting where they end up having an elvis trivia off to to (laughs) prove that he actually is elvis um a deadite breaks in and steals elvis's pharaoh outfit and then jumps through a portal and so they end up going through the portal to a new place uh to 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 get it back and it's it's very good please please tell me there's a confusion line about hail to the king baby not yet not yet it hasn't yet i'm sure that's coming though. come on I'm sure that's coming but no it's it's very fun um if you enjoy bruce campbell stuff which everybody should yes it's it's a fun little, fun I, little I, I i'm i literally flabbergasted that i have that i do not know this and have not seen this like i don't know if this is possible i expect a... you to like run out today and find a copy oh oh i ready. will be yeah i will look on the streaming services and see if i can find yeah. this today yes. if you can't i own it i'll, I'll okay you know but uh the um, there's another movie that came out uh, that's not quite as great um, called My Name Is Bruce. Yes. Where have you seen this one? Yes. Yeah. Okay. How did you miss Bubba Hotep? I but, don't uh, know. I'm like I don't know. That was one of the best lines in in My Name Is Bruce. Is the two kids were sitting there talking, and uh, one kid's like, "I don't even really like Bruce Campbell stuff." I mean, I guess I like Bubba Hotep, and the other kid looks at him. He's like, "Everybody like Bubba Hotep." <laughs> <laughs> but no it's it's very good and I, I will definitely keep reading this all right while we were in while we are in tim's corner yeah which we are uh dick tracy number four okay so this is the last issue of dick tracy um and it's it's just such a fun it's written so well in in that old style and like i said it's it's got those when i talked about issue one a while back it's got those wonderful anachronisms um this there's one point i don't think it was an issue four but just to give you an idea of what's going on 
there's a uh, another officer who uh, is, uh, it turns out, actually honest, which are very rare in this city. <laughs> and this kid runs by and steals his pocket watch, ends up returning it to him later. And then uh, the guy says, oh, you brought it back. And this kid who you swear is just like out of the 30s or 40s, looks dead at him. He's like, like I have a use for anything without Wi-Fi. And it just <laughs> it just so wonderfully does not fit that I, I love it. But um, you sort of like, there's a, a period in the last few issues where uh, all the cops are corrupt and, and, and the criminals. So everybody is against Dick Tracy and he gets a, a warrant put out on him because they framed him up as a cop killer. Um, and then you, you know, big boy's missing and there's this new guy in town and a lot of the criminals that are escaping are just kind of vanishing. And all those storylines sort of pay off in this wonderfully old style way. And it's a, yeah, it's a fun book. And cool. It, it would make for a neat trade, I think. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to grab it there. Yeah, yeah. If you like old style comic stuff and, and things that really don't fit a certain time, it's a it's a fun jump. What about, in the exact same vein, I'm sure, <laughs> Murder Falcon, number okay. five. <laughs> Murder Falcon, uh, and I'm, I'm going to try and not overstate this, but it's basically all that's right in this world. <laughs> I don't know. I love Good this job, book. you didn't oversell it. <laughs> yeah. I love this book so much. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what y'all are waiting on. Just start reading Murder Falcon. It's the absolute, it's the funnest book out there right now. Um, I, I don't know how much y'all have talked about it on the show or at all at you, you know exactly how much we've talked about it because you've done all the talking about it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, but in this, there's a, 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 a guitar player named Jake, and he had some problems, and so he lost his, his drive to create music, and now there are giant monsters attacking the world, and the only way to fight them is through music because that's what powers these magical beasts, including the Murder Falcon. Um, and in this issue, you find out that there's been other bands who have been fighting this fight and that they need to find these, these tools to... Uh, not only expand their band, but to 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 eventually win the war. And it's great as things happen. It's just so wonderful. Um, they'll find a new instrument, or Jake will play a new song, and the Murder Falcon's arm in this issue it it it, it gets destroyed. And as he plays the song, it gets rebuilt on its own, and it becomes this giant, massive key that's supposed to lead them to the next thing that they need. Uh, it's it's just so much fun. It's it, none percent serious. And it's, it might be the perfect book. None percent. None percent. Would right. you? How how serious would you say it is compared to Shirtless Bear Fighter? Um, it is. If you enjoyed Shirtless Bear Fighter, read this book. That's what I would say. Cool. Uh, if music is not your thing, it does not matter. I am not a musician, but I love all of the beats of this story. <laughs> I see. Yeah. <laughs> my, my little bunch. Alex moment there. You can't stop the beat. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just just so much fun. Cool, Brian. Uh-huh. Age of X-Men Next Gen number 1. All right, so this is uh this is the next series in the world that was created by X-Men, um this Age of X-Men world, I don't know what else to call it. Um and this is the one that is about the the up and coming, the the youth, the high school students, kind of the the current version of the new mutants. Glob Herman and friends. Yes. Uh yeah, Armor and and all those folks, Pixie. Um and it's exactly what you think for the first probably half of the book is kind of them going through different classes and you know what this what this life is like for them and then the second half towards the end 
we get kind of where the story that's going to be going through this book is, which is, is about how, um, you know, some of the students are learning that maybe not all, everything is okay in this world, and maybe there's other ideas, and uh, it, it, you almost get the impression that there's at least one or two of them that maybe actually remember everything from before. Mm. Um, and, yeah, that's kind of where it where it ends is where that that question gets raised a little bit and we'll see what happens next issue um overall uh it 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 fits in really well uh, exactly where you would expect you know given that description of you know it's the young high school kids uh in this universe um it may actually be one of the best uh vehicles for explaining just because because they are high school kids, right? They get a lot of explanation about, you know, oh, and this is how this department works and thing about how this world works. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so... Uh, it's kind of like yeah. Harry Potter. You need to know how magic works. Well, here, let's go to potions class. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I, en- I enjoyed it. Um, It's probably... I don't... We'll see. I don't know if it will be my favorite just because it is going to be probably, you know, have a good bit of explanation kind of stuff in it. But I think it's, uh, it's definitely worth reading reading if you want to get the full picture of this universe cool yeah avengers no road home number one (laughs) tim why aren't you reading this i don't know because it just started is that a good excuse no that's the perfect time actually to start reading it (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's like the anti-excuse yeah i will pick it up when i pick up wonder twins did you read the uh the weekly series last year that this is a sequel to which one was that one avengers no surrender no i did I did not. I did not. Uh, it's out in trade. Okay. And, and it's, it's really good. good. Yeah. Um, you know how good this book is, Tim? How, how good is this book, Brian? It's got my quote of the week. Oh, does it? Brian's yeah. <laughs> quote of the week. So Clint, Clint Barton and uh, Wanda quote are, <laughs> are uh, sitting in a, like a diner, catching up and talking about things. And uh, uh, Clint says something about, yeah, I'm, I'm helping Kate and her crew run a new West Coast Avengers team. I, I'm sure you've seen the social media blitz about it. Um, and Wanda's replies, PH is trying to become an Instagram star. So I'm, nah, I'm avoiding social media. <laughs> <laughs> Because that is like the such a Pietro thing to do. <laughs> I simultaneously need to see a book about Pietro as an influencer, and never, ever, ever need to see a book about Pietro as an influencer. <laughs> exactly. Like it sounds fascinating, but also terrible. You know, you actually, you know what I need to see? I don't need to see a book about him like becoming an influence. Like you know, need, needed to see from him standpoint. See that? I need to see like the documentary after it completely destroy is okay. destroyed. Like Brian. of him doing the, this whole journey, yeah. Brian, that <laughs> yes. won't be a documentary. That will be a reality TV show. <laughs> You're, you are absolutely right. Yes, yes, it will. Brought to you by Mojo, <laughs> or maybe the same crew that's filming West Coast Avengers. Maybe they're also brought to you by Mojo. Who knows? Oh, that's entirely possible, isn't it? It's yeah. all Mojo. All film crews are Mojo. Uh, so, what's this book about, Brian? Uh, this book is um. This book is putting together a temporary team of the Avengers, I can only guess. Yeah. Um, to deal with a new threat that is coming, um, that, uh, Valerie Vector, who is really, um, uh, 
uh, oh god, what is her? What's her real name? The Grandmaster's daughter. Yes. Uh, I can't remember her her actual alien name. Um, but she knows what it is. Um, and so she kind of runs around gathering some different people, and then there's some other people who just get pulled in along with them. One of them literally. <laughs> <laughs> so for instance, a couple goes, of them, kind of, yeah. Yeah, she goes to get the Hulk right because she she figures they're going to need his strength, and it turns out that. that when she gets him and pulls him in, uh, Rocket is standing there. And, you know, Hulk and Rocket know each other. Like, they, they have a few words. And Hulk just reaches out and grabs Rocket and pulls him in with them. <laughs> um, but the the, the kind of kickoff to this is she takes... Hercules is one of the... Is probably the first character we're introduced to in this. And she takes Hercules to Mount Olympus. And it is gone. It's destroyed. Is it is it wrong if we do Jenna's Conspiracy Corner without Jen here? Mm, I, I, no. Because we've had would, two different Mount Olympus has been destroyed threads in books this week. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. Yeah, I don't think it's uh, I, like I'm, I'm finding hard to keep calling it a conspiracy at this point. Like <laughs> we seem to get more and more evidence every single week. It's um, bonkers. If it is all coincidence, it is just bonkers. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of where one of the one of the gods who apparently has survived shows up, and that's kind of the big cliffhanger at the end of this series uh, of this issue. I mean, um, you know, for where we go from here. But we have this group together, and I, I think it's probably worthwhile to uh, to talk about who is actually in this group. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we've got Hercules, uh, we've got Rocket Raccoon, we've got Hawkeye, Clint Barton, uh, Scarlet Witch, Vision, Spectrum, which is Monica Rambeau, um, we, and then Blue Marvel and Tony Ho uh, are, I don't know if they're going to be part of the main team. They're not kind of with them right now, but they're certainly uh, adjacent characters in this, if mm-hmm. nothing else. And then we have Bruce Banner, Hulk, and... Uh, Voyager, which, oh, Vonnie Cast, or Vonnie Gast is her actual name, I guess. So, first of all, I'm glad she's back because I thought she was a great character. Agreed. Um, I'm very happy to see her back. Uh, and this is a very odd and eclectic group that they have thrown together. It is. It's like half of them have been in uh, Marvel vs. Capcom games. <laughs> I don't know that that's actually intentional here, but like you started listing about, I'm like, wait, is this the Marvel versus Capcom roster? Okay, no, it's not just that. Um, but like some of them have some of them like you know Hulk and Rocket know each other from Guardians of the Galaxy. Right? Yeah. And yes, yeah, and obviously Hurt knows several of them from from different times together. But like all of these particular people together, I don't know that it's a very odd and eclectic mix. And I think it's going to provide for some very interesting interpersonal moments. I agree. Yeah. Um. And if it's anything near as good as as uh, No Surrender, it's going to be wonderful. Yeah. I. Uh... Also feel like we're getting like the death of about four different characters foreshadowed pretty heavily in this issue. I do not disagree with you. Um, although I hope the one who the last page kind of implies might not make it is not one of them because that character feels like they exist just to be a trauma sponge and I'm kind of over it. I am very much over that one. Like I hope they, uh, if they're 
that seed that they drop, I'm hoping they kind of flip it and it's exactly not that. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a very nice change. Yeah. Uh, but that aside, this is a great start. It is. And and they're releasing this just like they did No Surrender. It's a weekly. Yeah, for 10 weeks. Weekly, yeah, weekly for 10 weeks. So a little shorter than No Surrender was. It clocked in at, what, 16 issues? No Surrender? No, it was... Not, uh, yeah, yeah, No Surrender. Wasn't it 16 parts? No, it, at most it was 12, but I think okay. it was 10 also. Okay, maybe I just had it in my head as being longer. A lot happened in that book. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Captain Marvel, number two, which this might have been my favorite book this week i i if not it is definitely in the top three this was a fantastic story yeah this is tim why aren't you yeah, reading I'll, this book? I'll, I'll, I'll pick it up today yeah <laughs> you got if you didn't get number one you got to pick that one up too i didn't and the reason i didn't is because i i got the the life of captain marvel and i didn't have mm-hmm. time to finish it so uh-huh. i was uh-huh. planning on finishing that first and then going back and and, and starting this you should finish that first yeah, yeah. that um, is that is actually fair my my hope was to get all caught up before the movie came out but this is like as far as i'm concerned civil war 2 is all in the past carol is good again now yes absolutely um and i love how they set this up and i don't I don't want to get too deep into what actually happens in the story, but they are they exist inside this, you know, other realm or bubble or something. And I like how they played with time enough that it can all happen without feeling like you have to drag this out over months and months and months. Yeah. Yeah, or weeks even. Yeah. Um but Carol is just like like I ha- I haven't liked her this much in years. Yeah. They are basically in their post-apocalyptic pocket that is Roosevelt Island. Mm-hmm. I love my which which might be my favorite part of this is just that they apparently know like what neighborhood each one of each other lives in. They're like, hey, such and such live here. Laura and Gabby live here. Are right. they here? Can we get them on our Can team? We get them That'd help? be great yeah. to have. <laughs> yes. Um, Were they at home when the bubble dropped? The other thing that I like is, you know, they they tried to get in and got kind of repulsed by this barrier or whatever. Da, 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 and this, they're like, oh, we've got to go in and help help uh, Captain Marvel. Da, da. And like Rhodey, his response is, okay, it's barely been like two minutes since she went in, guys. She can handle herself. Like, give her a chance. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, Rhodey. There is one thing in this I find it very hard to believe. Thor would know what a bouncy castle is by now, right? <laughs> <laughs> and if not, if not... We're gonna get a scene of Thor in a bouncy castle. In a bouncy right? castle, I want Thor in a bouncy castle. I so want to see Thor in a bouncy castle, like him and and Hulk, you know, uh, Jennifer Walters Hulk in a bouncy castle. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, well, Brian goes and writes his new slash fic. <laughs> Well, because, I mean, how, you, you realize how it ends, two Avengers it, it pop the bouncy them. castle. Yeah, they pop the bouncy, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Although it won't I, happen immediately because uh, <laughs> Hulk's not going to be there for a while. No. Um, I really, really love the costume design for the characters in this world. Me too. Uh, there's a variant, there are two really cool variants. One is Chris Bacalo that wound up being a 1 in 50 variant that Oxford didn't even get. So, even if they had, it would have been out of my price range, but I did not get it. What I did get is the design variant that the book's artist did of a 
it's just the four it's Carol and Jessica and Hazmat and Echo. Hazmat. Like the, the, the design sheets for each of them wrapping around the book and it is so cool. Um, Hazmat's costume is fantastic. I mean they all like are that, but yes. Yeah like her costume needs to be her permanent costume now. Like Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think hers and Jessica's are my two favorites. Jessica's is really good as well. You're yeah. right. Uh, and they're fighting, you know, a, a douchebag dude who basically wants all these women who are trapped under the bubble as his consorts is, is the gist of it. And who has declared that Captain Marvel will be his bride, which she takes very well. <laughs> As well as you can imagine, yes. She takes it as well as she should, which is to say, well, let's go kick that asshole's ass. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the other thing to mention here is in this pocket universe, their powers either don't work or start to fail over time. Yes. And it seems to vary with the different people. Yeah. Um, it's almost yeah. like it leeches radiation energies out of people. Th- uh, yeah, and there's a clue to that at the very end, right? Well, I mean, um, there are two oh, clues. There's the very end, and there's also hazmats basically don't work, period. Right, right. Um, and it should also be pointed out that bubble shield thing that I mentioned around Roosevelt Live. Turns out that people can get through it, but only women. Yeah. Yeah. So Runaways number 18. We have not talked about Runaways in a minute. We have not. I got caught up on Runaways. I was about three issues behind. Yeah. What'd you think? Uh, uh, I, you know what? I really, I really like this art. It, it made me feel probably more like the old first kind of run of Runaways that I felt in a while. Yeah. Yeah, it, it. I mean, there's a, a couple of very, I, I guess you could say three very clear reasons why that might be the case. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that would be the uh, Gaborum kids, the the new Gaborum. Gib, Bor, and Rim. Yes, Gib, Bor, and Rim, yes. Um, and, yeah, it's it's a very, very runaways result yes to this to this storyline uh so yeah basically this whole arc is the runaways have the gibberum kids show up and they're like hey you uh owe us a snack and how was a snack figure out how to deal with uh not finishing the ritual that their parents started and not sinking to their level and alex wilder has shown up be like no we should just go with it it's either we all die or one of us dies let's you know let's see what they have to say there are valid points on both sides um and everybody fights and i, I think ends. chase some i think chase sums it up the best yes fight this like hell good... and hope we get lucky <laughs> this is a good chase arc too chase is not always the most likable character Agreed. and i think i think rainbow Rowell knows how to use him well and i think this is a good arc for him uh, uh, i also i also really really like how they did defeat them or i i guess how they got out of this situation in the end like who did it yeah and how they did it, I thought that was wonderful. Yeah. I also liked the logic of, well, we'll do that, because there won't be people to eat under those circumstances. Oh, right, yes. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) They can't hurt anybody there. (laughs) That's pretty good. Um, So, uh, do you have thoughts about who speaks up at the end? I was about to ask you. I do. I Um, do, too. I had a thought, and then I turned the page, and I saw the cover for the next issue, and I'm almost positive I'm right now. Me too. I think it's Molly. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. agree. I uh, think she's very uh, disillusioned with the rest of them right now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, at the at the end of this issue, we see Alex leaving on his own, and we see coming from off page on the last page a word balloon that's just "Can I come with you?" Yeah, and, and Alex turning around and being surprised. Yes. Yeah, I think it's got to be Molly. Um, there are a couple of other candidates who might make sense. Gert's been going through a lot, uh, and so has Vic, and I could see it maybe being either of them. But I think Molly makes the most sense in terms of this run as a whole because a lot of it has come down to like her trying to find people and a place she started out with family that she got pulled away from we had the arc with her and this friend who offered her permanent childhood that she rejected and if you reject that maybe what's the next step let's talk to the one of us who's kind of grown up which you could make the argument that if anyone in the group acts like at least what the group sees an adult as it is alex rather i'm glad you phrased it that way because i think that's very true it would be what molly sees as adult behavior right yeah um so i think that's if i think that's probably the most interesting version of who could go with but i think it's also the one that makes the most sense well the the my second guess my kind of backup guess whatever was that was going to be gert just because of uh she really i I don't want to say she she definitely didn't agree with alex but she understood his point of view and why he felt the way he did yeah Yeah. and she's also been dead right they have that in common um, but I don't know, I think thematically Molly still makes the most sense to me. Like, I agree with you, Gert would be my second guess, but I think, I think it's gotta be Molly. Yeah. Uh, but the rest of the group has a new friend. They do. Yeah. Their new buddy, who I'm sure will, uh, uh, be a useful addition to the team. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, anything more on that? Uh, no, I, I, I'm very much enjoying the, the, this current arc of the Runaways. It's Thor time. <sighs> Thor number ten. Man, uh, I'll, I'll say, I'm glad this didn't come out as a Father's Day issue. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Yeah. Damn. Um. This is like this is like therapy right here. This is. I mean, very much. It's like. <sighs> The whole issue is narrated by Odin, and, I mean, even the scenes that aren't Odin scenes, you still get him talking about, like, the relationships between fathers and sons, and wars being fought because of it, and, I mean, it's really, as far as build-up to War of the Realms goes, making that sound both inevitable, and also, like, it could have been pretty easily prevented, if not for, uh, I don't know, dudes not talking about their feelings and toxic masculinity. Yeah, um, like, Odin is just the worst father? (laughs) Not the All-Father? Yeah. Um, but, like, the, literally the entire time he knows it and wishes he wasn't. Yeah. And so you're, you, you know, the the obvious question you ask yourself constantly through this book is, well, then why are you? Yeah. Yeah. But also, like, he's kind of asking himself that, too, implicitly, so... Yes. Like, that yeah. that, that makes him... He's horrible, but also he's identifiable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna be very honest. Jumping to the last page or so of this, as soon as you see that he's, like, talking to Iron Man. I really thought for a moment this was going to be like a hey Tony can you get me into a meeting? <laughs> well, he yeah, cuz he does talk about how he he deals with it with mead, right? Yeah. I mean, All the time. Tony asks how did it start and what's the first thing out of Odin's mouth? Well, I invented mead. Yep. <laughs> um and I think there's very definitely a, you know, something to be looked at if you wanted to analyze finding out this whole thing that he was talking to Tony, right? Yeah. And like, you know, Tony's own dad issues. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 
Um, but we're also seeing that, like, consistently in what Jason Aaron has been doing here in End Avengers, we keep seeing Odin talk to everyone but Thor. We've seen him talk to Tony here. Yep. We've seen him talk yep. to Black Panther. We've seen him talk to Ghost Rider. Like, he's yeah, literally you're right. talking to everyone but the person who he should. Yeah, but the, the, the last panel is, like, just gut-wrenching yeah. it's like it, it let me be remembered let me not be remembered as the all father let me simply be remembered as a father of the greatest god who ever lived even if the only thing that i ever truly taught him was how to not be like me yeah mm. yeah 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 i i i gotta say i'm really looking forward to this war of the realms thing i hope they uh hope they pull this off i have no doubt that they will yeah i don't think there's any question at this point um also, Odin's going to die. We're, we're all in agreement on that one, right? No way Odin survives this. They have certainly positioned him there, yeah. I, th- I think I think that's what they're moving to. Well, and the first arc of Aaron's Thor run showed us a future where Thor was the Allfather. Correct, yes. And where Thor was ruling over a ruined Asgard himself. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think this has got to end with, like, that. All right, is it still good? Hey, we're making it a habit of talking about downer books going into is it still good <laughs> yeah yeah i i don't it's a sad book just because of you realize the potential of what was lost there yeah it's not yeah anyway okay yeah yeah let's go <laughs> Could, real real quick are we not doing friendo was friendo and is oh. it still good oh uh yeah we can do friendo sorry i didn't have that one marked i think that's when brian jumped on the call and i got distracted tell okay. me about friendo tim oh okay friendo is actually really good and it gets a lot better as we go um it's this started out uh guy gets an ai in his glasses and really the ai's only point of existence is to get him to buy stuff um but the story kind of grows and grows and it gets to the point where he kind of loses himself and is 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 wrecking up a lot of debt just to have his friend around uh so he ends up for reasons going to rob uh what equates to like a walmart it's called the cornutopia um And then what they realize, they've they've really like it, this book is about lawmakers and 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 the the heads of these corporations. But uh, they've passed a law saying that if something is done by a corporation in terms of marketing, there's nothing you can do legally to them. So when he goes to rob the Cornutopia, uh, the company that manufactures the AI, which this AI is malfunctioning and it's kind of doing some things it shouldn't be doing, but the company that manufactures it says, no, 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 this is a marketing campaign. You can't do anything to them. So they go on a, a tour robbing cornutopias uh yeah just uh, without any any consequence for their actions the only consequence being from the owners of cornutopia who want to put an end to it so they have a an assassin following them but then they kind of call off their assassin because they realize that foot traffic is up in their stores because they're getting robbed everywhere so they have it's it's a really interesting story the 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 cornutopias actually have signs that say hey welcome leo and jerry come rob us (laughs) So, so this actually takes place 15 years from now when Google and Amazon yeah, have exactly. taken over the world. Exactly. Is what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, I, I wish the the idea of that law were a little more ridiculous than it was when I read it. But uh, no, it, it's a really it's a neat story, and it's it's from where it started to where we got. It's growing fast. It's on a much bigger scale, and it's very it's different than anything else I've read. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Like I read the first issue yeah. of this, and it, it like you're saying, it sounds like a completely different. Oh yeah, it, it 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 goes. Yeah, you cannot judge this book by the first issue but uh I, I alex had mentioned reading it in trade and i think that might be the way to the way to do it even though i'm really enjoying single issues myself cool yep. now for Very real <laughs> is it still good for real 
And hey, it's not a downer. Uh, oh shit, it's Kim and Kim, number five. Uh, we learn what is really on Furious Quattro's record. Sex Death Revolution, number three. We get an idea of who or what might be behind rewriting everyone's memories. Detective Comics, number 998. Brian? Um, Batman fights de- the demon. Or does he? <laughs> Goddess Mode, number three, Brian. Um... Cass finds out what her oracle powers are, and they're Hawk- so appropriate. <laughs> Hawkman, number nine, Brian. Um, uh, Carter goes to, uh, returns to an old friend for more help, and, uh, the Deathbringers are unleashed. Supergirl, number 27, Kara realizes too late how everybody got these scars. Superman, number eight, Brian. Uh, John is back as a 17-year-old. <laughs> Titans, number 34, Brian. Um, we find out what happened to Raven's soul self, and uh, Mother Blood is a mean, mean bitch. <laughs> Wonder Woman, number 64, Brian. Um, corporations really are evil, and uh, you have to question if Aphrodite is really the best house guest. Outer Darkness, number four. Who knew there might be consequences to uh, grabbing people's souls after they die and building them new bodies? Rat Queens, number 14, Brian. Um, I actually did not make it to this one. We're going to have to move on. The Amazing Spider-Man, number 15, Brian. (laughs) Um... May uh, looks to an old job for what she may want to do with her future, and um, we find out who she was having a meal with when they were suddenly rudely interrupted by a building crashing on them. Ironheart number three, Riri, meets more tech ninjas. Killmonger number four, which was actually out last week, but my comic shop was shorted. Uh, things go poorly in trying to track down King for shield and now eric has a new mission mr and mrs x number eight uh brian did you finish this one uh enough of it um mojo continues to tell his love story by spinning the wheel of genre uh shatterstar number five well i guess we finally know how to beat the grandmaster at his own game Spider Gwen, Ghost Spider, number five, Brian. Um, Gwen starts to figure out what she's going to do with her life now that things are back to normal and what that normal is. Livewire, number three. Amanda is forced to face her past actions head on. Vagrant Queen, number six, which was also not this week. It was a couple of weeks ago, but Diamond yeah. canceled everyone's orders and my shop missed that, so I got it this week. The trade came out this week. Uh, everything wraps up and we learn the final fate of the Bizarre of Kings. I'm not sure if I got a Vagrant Queen, number six now. I didn't know that about the canceled orders. Yeah, it was... They- rescheduled the issue and updated it through like Diamond's update program like instead of it coming out in the updated it coming out through previews it came out through some like direct communication program with retailers Uh, that a lot of retailers don't actually always pay attention to Um, I'll have to follow up with that Yeah, I uh, saw it on your list and I was like how did I not get this I didn't realize that happened the trade came out this week and has already sold out and is going to a second printing Mm -hmm. it's a very good book it's a very 
very good book. Um, and this leaves it at a place where it could, there could be another arc, there could be more. Um, actually kind of the same thing for Kim and Kim. I'm not sure if it's going to take a break after this or if it's going to come back later. Um, this is supposed to be an ongoing and I haven't seen anywhere that it's canceled, but this is definitely like a solid chapter end kind of deal. And it could just be that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next week's books... Tim, yeah. tell me a tale of Sharky the Bounty Hunter, number one. Okay, it's an image book by Mark Miller. Uh, space Bounty Hunter drives an ice cream truck, has a 10-year-old partner. I, there's enough to get me at least interested in it yeah. right there. I mean, really the only words you needed were image book by Mark Miller. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Ice cream truck, bounty hunter. That, this sounds like kind of my bit. Yeah. That's very fair. Yep. Wolverine Infinity Watch number one is out next week. I'm incited for that. Incited. I am incited for that. <laughs> I am excited for that. <laughs> Um, I have not been incited to riot. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited for that. I enjoyed Infinity Wars and kind of the end of that tease. Phoenix Wolverine coming back and leading a team. Um, and I believe the preview for this is like Wolverine and Jean seeing each other for the first time since they've both come back to life. So this should be fun. Brian, mm-hmm. Avengers No Road Home, number two. Yeah, I mean, we just talked about issue one and the fact that this is coming out weekly is... is wonderful for me and i can't wait for number two cool tim yes guardians of the galaxy number two this world does not have enough donny kate's thanos stuff <laughs> so yes looking forward to that thanos the new wolverine of marvel <laughs> no. mm-hmm. uh naomi number two is out next week i loved the first one i think i talked about it highly enough to convince brian that he needed to read it even yes did that happen did you read the first that, one it did i did read the first what one. did you think uh i enjoyed it quite a bit are you gonna get number two probably (laughs) (laughs) and that tells you all you need to know brian high level number one um this is a book we talked about in solicitations Mm -hmm. um it's rob sheridan and it's after it's a new vertigo book and after um it's described as after the world's been rebuilt, you know, the world has ended, uh, humanity's rebuilt itself, et cetera, et cetera. There is a smuggler, like, you know, kind of a, a self-interested uh, Han Solo-ish type, I'm guessing. A smug smuggler? Um, yeah, exactly, a smug smuggler, um, who is forced to traverse, like, what's left of this dangerous, you know, the outside world, uh, to deliver a child messiah to high level, which is like a mythical city. Cool. Um, yeah, and it, it sounds very, very cool. And finally... Tim, yeah. Incursion number one. Uh, Incursion is a Valiant book, um, and it sounds oh, like yeah. it sort of fits into that whole D&D category. There's dead people doing things that dead people can't do and, and whatnot. But the reason that I'm, I'm interested in Wait, reading there it... There are dead people doing things dead people can't do. You mean literally anything but e- decompose. Yep, that's exactly okay. what I mean. <laughs> but, uh... Uh, it's written by Andy Diggle and Andy Mm. Diggle's an interesting guy for me because he wrote The Losers which is a vertical book a few years Mm -hmm. back and I absolutely loved it and so there have been a bunch of times when I've looked for books like or or looked at upcoming books and been like Andy Diggle I should read that I should read that and then for whatever reason or another he just hasn't hasn't made it to my list a whole bunch but uh, I I think it's time to give him another shot he had a uh, like when I say famous Green Arrow run John Diggle and his brother Andy Diggle are named after Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. He um, uh, there's there's a book out now called Shadow Man, which I might have even bought two or three issues of, yeah. and I just haven't made it around to to reading. But uh, I absolutely loved the lizard so much. Cool. Mm-hmm. And I believe that just about does it for us this week. Unless either of you has anything else to add, I I, I feel mm-hmm. cheated that I wasn't on this show for Wrong Earth number six because it was so good. Do you want to say a few words about Wrong Earth number six? Yeah, I'll say a few words. <laughs> Wrong Earth is really good, and you should be reading it. Good, good book. Yep. <laughs> That was my, my, my wrong earth prayer. <laughs> or, or you, I don't know. What do you, not eulogy because it's not dead. What do you do when you just say something nice about something? Um, Compliment it? Compliment, yes. Yeah. That's my yeah. accolade. Recommendation? <laughs> my living eulogy for, living for, eulogy. for wrong earth. Isn't a living eulogy just like a bio? <laughs> <laughs> we should change that on Twitter. I need to fill out my living eulogy. Well, while you do that, thank you for uh, thank you for joining us again this week. Thank you, Tim. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Hey, Tim. Hey. If people would like to hear more of you in podcast form, what can they listen to? Uh, they should go find Minds at Yerk. It's a podcast where uh, three people, uh, one of which is here, are are rereading Animorphs, and I am reading it for the first time. And in fact, in a couple of weeks, there might even be in a few two, weeks. Uh, in a few weeks, yeah, in like a month. It's, It'll be, yeah, be about four weeks from now. So. Every fortnight that we we put out an episode, yeah, it's it's definitely fun. For the record, Tim definitely dabbed as he said fortnight. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, who else might be on that podcast that listeners would know? Oh, uh, Jenna and Megan. Yes. Jenna is on here a lot, and Megan is on here some. Probably next week. Yeah, they might, in probably. fact, both be on next week. And, and yeah, in about four weeks, we'll, com- we'll complete our, like, eight-month-long crossover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're both Minds at your crossover. super fantastic and fun, and you should listen meet. if they're both on next week. There you go. <laughs> Uh, you know what we didn't do this episode, Tim? What Talk about Swamp Thing. Oh, we sure didn't. Yeah, we'll have to save that for some sort of special occasion since it's Hold the up. last one. You want me to? You want me to say a few things about Swamp Thing? No. Oh. I just said we're going to save it for some special occasion since it's <laughs> the was, last one. I was legit going to say the same thing I said about Wrong Earth. Oh, okay. <laughs> Swamp Thing well, is good, and you should go good watch good it. Show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are but my. In this that case, was my. That show has be been an dead act- for many years, and it's an actual <laughs> eulogy. Yeah. <laughs> We could have a Swamp Thing funeral, Swamp Thing animated TV show funeral one day. Uh-huh. We'd like to thank Chase Parker for our <laughs> intro voiceover. We're available on your podcatching platform of choice or on our website at panelologypodcast.com. While you're there, you can listen to old episodes, find out how to follow us on Twitter, or uh, look at fun show art sometimes. Oh uh, my god, some of it's so good. <laughs> I was very happy with last week's. As as was I. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, if you would like to support us, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, share us with other people, or if you are feeling financially generous, visit us at patreon.com slash panelology. We uh, are in the process of replacing some equipment, and everything there helps. Uh, Tim has already mentioned Minds at Yerk, which I am also on, in case anyone did not get the subtext <laughs> of all that joking. <laughs> And has never listened to this show or that show before. (laughs) And I think that gets it. I'm Alex. I'm Brian. And I'm Tim. Tim.